1: And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with score,
0: morning show co host Molly from the Molly and Hoss Show, Bears long snapping iron man Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 to score an Odyssey station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. It's the pregame show. It's the season finale, and we've got Olin Kruitz and Patrick Manley. And gentlemen, good morning. Much more going on than just a football game. Yeah, yeah
2: good, morning, good morning, Molly. Uh, good morning, Pat. It's like a, uh, like deja vu. I swear we did this show last year, Pat, for the pregame show, um, <laughs> trying to figure out what, what's going on at Hallis Hall, uh, who, who stays, who goes. Uh, last year they decided – uh, through collaboration that they would all stay. And I don't know where, you know, what do we have the percentage at last week? 20% probably down to 5% that Nagy stays probably see up there around even higher. Now at 50, 60% that Ryan pace may stay from the things that we're hearing, but we'll see what happens, Pat.
3: Yeah, it is. It's crazy news coming out with possibly keeping Ryan pace, but it's the end of an era game. I think we all know Matt Nagy's gone. Uh, Olin, I was looking back at a couple of our games, the, uh, we played the Kansas City Chiefs back in 03, and then looking at our last game for Lovey. Uh, but going back to that Chiefs game, when you get a game like this where you know you're out of it, you know your coach is gone, uh, you know, Kansas City was 13-3 and three that year, and they kicked our butt. But can you go out there and you play with effort? Can you go out there and put some good tape out there for yourself? Um, and then Matt Nagy, what I love, said he's going to have fun. So that hopefully he gets us entertained by th- uh, throwing some of those uh, calls out there they've been running all week. But, uh, like I said, end of an era game. And uh, hopefully they go out there and play a little more effort than these Minnesota Vikings and keep us entertained today. That's all I want is entertainment.
2: Well, then I, I got to go now and find that that film from 2003 and make sure I'm holding myself accountable <laughs> to make sure <laughs> I got to see how I was playing there back you, then. You Pat. did on
3: the flight home. Oh, well, no, well, I, I, held,
2: I held a lot of people accountable on the <laughs> flight home. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did do that. But uh, it's always interesting, right? When, when we start talking about coaches and the standard that players are held to and and what if a player came on and said man I just just looking to have some fun this week man just looking to, you know I don't know I don't know who will play center maybe me uh uh, maybe Sam Mustafer but I know this we're gonna have a bunch of fun I I always am, am fascinated by how the players are held to a different standard than coaches two coaches on their way out I'm sure you guys saw some of Zimmer's press conferences where he's Basically mocking uh, the the reporters question and saying uh, uh, I see Kellen Mond all the time and no it, it, it's a good question why wouldn't we see the young quarterback today so I just always find that interesting when I hear these coaches talking because we hear all the time guys we do what's best for the Chicago Bears organization when they cut a player who's been there a long time a player who's given a lot to the, the franchise, and it's time to move on from him. And they say, well, we have to do what's best for the Chicago Bears organization. Well, now all of a sudden you hear, we're going to have fun, and we're going to do what's best for us right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, the tone has changed. And mm-hmm. and I think it's fascinating when you watch people at the podium during this kind of period of time. I, I Joe Judge, they just played it on whatever show is before us. That guy tried to talk himself out of a job. I mean, I, that guy was not on the fiery line, and then he spent 11 minutes answering a question, and who knows what happens now? And I think there's, there's elements of that kind of around the league. There is the inconsistency that hits with the desperation that exists. It's fascinating to watch.
3: Yeah, it, it is. It's just uh, – it is. it was interesting to hear Matt Nagy's tone change at the end, like you said, when he's like, hey, we're going to have some fun out there. I mean, Olin, you you hit the nail on the head that you're holding him to a different standard, or is he just quit? Is that him saying, all right, I'm done. I know I'm out of here. I'm just going to have fun. I'm really tuning out. Has, has the message changed during the week to the guys, you know, telling them what they're going to do? Um, it, it, it will be – like I said, it will be interesting to see – the effort that the guys go out there and play with. You just talked about Joe Judge and the Giants. Those guys quit. They're done. Maybe he's done. Maybe he is trying to talk himself out of that because he knows the situation's so bad. If they're getting rid of Gettleman, who are they bringing in? So it's kind of the same questions that are going on in House Hall with Nagy and Pace. And he's like, what the heck is going on? His Pace stays? I thought he was my guy. So, yes, this messaging is a little off right now.
2: Yeah and and no no one really has a guy when it comes to that right Pat everybody yeah. me and you have known a lot of coaches uh, it's every man for themselves in that building right now and you know that as well as I do these guys are looking for jobs already they've been on the phone they're calling guys cuz they think they're on their way out of town so they got to make sure uh, that they have a landing spot for their families uh moving forward so when you hear a guy like Joe Judge whatever the hell he was saying on that podium the other day, that was fascinating. I thought to myself, man, <laughs> I never met a guy who who made me respect Coach Nagy more when he kept talking. I was thinking, this guy <laughs> is out of his mind, right? And Molly, what, what was he saying? He said that these players are begging him to stay yes. in New York. Uh, uh, some of the things he said, I mean, if, if I'm a reporter, I just turn my recorder off and walk out of the building. I mean, walk <laughs> out of the room because this guy, uh, he went crazy. Uh, but – but to me, it goes to the bigger point that we constantly talk about, and it's why the Chicago Bears are in the position they're in, and a lot of teams are, because finding a guy, man, who can run your team, run your organization, give you stability at that head coaching position, the head of football, so you can compete every year, is so hard in the NFL to find the right guy who can do that job because the, the amount of pressure it comes with it, how you have to lead Men every day, try to get the best out of them, keep everybody moving in the right direction, develop players, make decisions so that you're not only good for one year like we saw in 2018 with Coach Nagy and his staff when they had 38 takeaways. So you are good for five to ten years. Finding that guy is really hard, and if you don't have the people in the building who know how to find that guy, it makes it almost impossible
1: what's fascinating about the Joe judge thing is, as you say, he's, he's claiming that people are calling him. I wish I could come back. So he's talking to a New York media corps That's about four size. The one in Chicago. (laughs) So everybody goes out and they break down who left the team and who's calling him. And there was one player that actually got a raise when he left the team. That's the only guy apparently that's calling him. Uh, And I doubt he's calling him. I, I just think when you start exaggerating things, you get into huge trouble. And that's what happened last year with the Bears, and that's the collaboration bit of it, right? Mm -hmm. And now you look at Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and and you're you're not supposed to recognize where one begins and one ends because they are so intertwined and they have done everything together and they've collaborated on everything. Well, now we're going to get rid of one guy, but the guy that's been here actually longer and a bigger part of the problem gets – Promoted, apparently, according to what uh, Biggsy was hearing around the league. And, and he's not making anything up. So I, I think it's mind-boggling the little trick you have to perform, the kind of escape you have to pull off. I don't know how anyone logically can define that. I, I can't wait, if this is what happens, to see George and Ted, hopefully, in front of the cameras and explaining why they're keeping this guy.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm imagining that it was Mark Colombo who called Joe Judge and was like, man, can I come back, uh, get in the building so we can have our – maybe we can have an oil wrestling match. We'll all oil each other up and we'll get this big wrestling match. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. But, you're my boy, Blue. Uh, you're my boy, Blue. Uh, I, you know, as far as Ryan Pace goes, uh, you know, I, I keep calling Ryan Pace and what's going on there at Hallis Hall the curious case of Ryan Pace because – I really don't know, right? I, I really can't give you an answer. If you look through uh, what he has accomplished since he's been here, his draft picks, I don't know how you justify moving on from the head coach again and not moving on from the general manager, mm-hmm. uh, moving on from Ms. Trubisky and not moving on from the general managers. A guy who, if you just play his press conferences, Pat, you have to question if he knows what's actually going on in his building. He said for y- two years now, our strength is our, On the offensive side, he tried to explain to you that his strength was his coaches who could develop the young players. They thought they had the best coaches in the business, and anybody who was in the business said Ryan Pace is out of his mind. So I don't know uh, what they're going to tell you, what they told you last year didn't make a lot of sense. I'm sure what they tell you this year won't make a lot of sense. Uh, I, don't, I just don't know. Maybe they don't trust themselves, Pat, to go mm-hmm. out there and find somebody new.
3: No, I, that's what I think. And I'm also wondering this. You, you, you kind of rack your brain about how do, how do you keep a guy that has a worse record than Matt and, Aggie? and And to me, you need to bring in two guys that are married together that can change the culture there, change the standards, change the setting. And keeping Ryan Pace around is going to hurt that. But did this happen? Did Ryan Pace, you know, when they has meetings with George and Ted, did he start telling stories on Matt Nagy? Did he start saying, no, he's doing something wrong here. He's doing this wrong here. I would have done it this way. I would have done it that way. And does he just make them comfortable? It seems like they just want to be comfortable up there. They talk about that collaboration. They don't like conflict, it seems like. Is he just making them comfortable? And then maybe they reach out to other people around the league, and they're like, oh, we, we respect Ryan Pace. He's a good guy. We respect him. Well, you can respect him as a human. You can respect him as a person, but he has not done his job. People get fired at Hallis Hall. Players get fired at Hallis Hall all the time for not doing their job. Ryan Pace has not done his job. I just If he gets to stay there, I don't understand what the title will be, I don't understand what his responsibility will be, but I still think the culture and the standard will be the same with him there. You need to move him along to bring fresh people in there to clean house and set a new standard and set a new way.
1: we We had a little exercise myself and David earlier in the week, just as sort of a you know a little bit of a of a of a joke maybe, but a serious exercise where you try to take the opposite opinion. You know, I think we both believe that pace' time is up. And and you know, the only real accomplishment that we could actually nail down is that he, he has made the building really good, right? The practice facility is at an all time great. He's really put a hundred million dollars in that and they trust him to do it. But the only thing that from a football perspective is when you draft a quarterback, that is your sort of um Stamp of approval. And if you take the two guys that drafted the quarterback out of the picture, does it, does it mean that whoever comes in evaluates the quarterback differently, doesn't see the quarterback as the solution for the franchise and contemplates making a change at the quarterback position, and, and you're back on that treadmill and not giving Justin Fields the greatest uh, uh, opportunity And I'm not saying that would be what's happened. I don't know how most executives view him, but there is that possibility. Now, the difficulty for me is if you let this guy hire the next coach, then don't you have to give him a contract uh, length as commensurate as the new coach would be? In other words, if he's hiring a coach on a four-year deal, does he get four years tacked on? Are we talking now – Instead of seven, we're going 11. Let's play craps with the guy, right? 7-11. Um, are we going, hey, hire the coach for three years, and then he can have his 10 years. That's what boggles my mind. I can't see hiring a coach and then having him out of whack with the GM. And so, so what? You kick him upstairs, and that means what? That he hires the GM? It, it's just impossible to figure it out when you logically look at what they're saying.
3: Yeah, and just to me, it seems like every time this has happened in the past 20, 25 years of the Bears, whoever's coming in is handcuffed, whether it's a quarterback you're handcuffed to or a general manager that's handcuffed to a a coach for a year then gets to fire him. That's why I don't like it. They've tried this before. They tried this with Jerry Angelo. They tried this with Phil Emery. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Try something different. Be be aggressive. Go out there and, and make a complete change. Get rid of Ryan Pace. Pull somebody in here that's different, fresh. Let him hire his guy. Don't give a guy after seven years another chance of doing this. And I just – I feel like they're not learning from their mistakes, and it's happened before, and why are they doing it again? Maybe they hope they get lucky. Maybe that's their reasoning, but uh, I I just don't like it.
2: Yeah, the the reason why you keep trying to look for answers and you can't find them uh, with the Chicago Bears is because we all know that when they change these positions, it's the same people – uh, making the decisions, right? It's George McCaskey, who's in the ticket office, uh, has been the chairman since 2011. It's Ted Phillips, right? Who's, I think he's been a part of the team since 1983 and has been in charge since 1998 or somewhere in that area. So uh, those same two guys are going to be interviewing people. And now what they're going to do is add. Uh, one more guy to that mix, and they're going to add Ryan Pace there and put Ryan Pace next to them, and these three guys are going to make decisions about how this franchise moves forward, and that's why you hear the frustration in someone like Pat's voice who's been around the, the organization for so long, thinking to yourself, how the hell is that going to work? Because, look, guys, if you keep trying, if like Mully said, I'm going to take the side of... Well, why would you keep Ryan Pace and not Coach Nagy? Well, there really is no side there, right? Not not the way this business operates, not the way things are run. It doesn't make sense. Uh, You bring in a general manager who works hand-in-hand with the head coach to develop the team and usually draft a quarterback and develop a young quarterback. You got a young quarterback here. As Molly said, will this coach, will this general manager, will this executive – Whoever they hire, do they think Justin Fields is the answer? And that's why you have to put a guy in a chair. And the most important thing, I think, Pat, is to watch two or three games with this guy and see what he says and how to develop and how would you change what he's doing and what do you see when you watch Justin Fields? Basically, what do you see when you watch my football team? How do you improve my football team? We got these facilities that Ryan Pace supposedly, I guess, uh, he must have put a hard hat on and a yellow vest. He must have helped build it, how, how happy they are. I guess he was the only guy who could have come up with that plan to build those, you know, here. Hey, hey, Mully, give me $500 million. I'll build a nice building too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, like was that that amazing? That, hey, look, he got this thing built. No, he didn't. Your franchise got to where they're worth $4 billion so you can build whatever the hell you want.
3: Right, and what he did is he just hired the right building consultants. Right. He finally did something correct. He hired the right people to
2: build. Hey, Manly, right. I, I, I bought my house, but I didn't build it. No. You know what I mean? I didn't, <laughs> exactly. I didn't put in a pl- – hey, man, hey, you should see Olin's plumbing at his house. Hey, oh, yeah, I designed that. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, that, that one I don't get either. He helped facilitate a building being <sighs> built by hiring the right consultants to do a job. That's something he cannot do with the football team. He has not done a job, a good job of hiring coaches, drafting players, I just this whole thing just, I tomorrow is going to be so interesting. I mean, it's the the city is just either going to scream at their TV or radio or whatever, or they're going to be you know, either in either way. Like, what the heck are you doing? Or like, all right, thank God, let's go in that direction. So it's, you know, you know, we have a game today, but yes, the big story is about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and what the direction of the Bears are. And I just, Mm-mm. Olin, you talked about it too. I don't know what they're going to do. Nothing surprised you. We started in the opening that. You know, last week we were at 20% that both of them stay, that, you know, they might have well, I remember you guys
2: mocking me last week. I remember <laughs> you guys mocking well, me, and I'm oh, like, a good what you're organization a good are you guys following? Like, You're, saying, you're like, a good salesman. <laughs> I, was, I started thinking more about it. I'm like, maybe he is right.
1: Wait a minute.
3: The problem was. That
1: wasn't mockery. That was just horror.
3: The problem was you went back and watched that press conference uh-huh. before to talk uh-huh. yourself into it. I, I should have sent it to you
2: before I showed up last week. I but know. look, I mean, as far as Ryan Pace goes, and that's why I keep calling it the curious case of Ryan Pace Ray because Pace. when you study it, you're, you're just more and more fascinated by it. Like, look, I can fly to Alabama and, and some of the best facilities in the nation take my camera phone and film <laughs> what I want. And I just come back and I say, hey, man, I, can you help me build this? Right? I want to build this for my team. So uh, if I'm going to give a guy credit, I'm going to give a general manager who's supposed to draft and develop players, that is your job. And pick the head coach, right? Uh, if I'm going to give him credit for, for building a building – and that's what I'm going to put in front of everybody. Well, I'm just hoping and I'm pulling the wool over your eyes, right? I'm just hoping you're not really listening to the words that I'm actually saying that, look, uh, this guy, I know you don't think he did good on the football side, which he is a football guy, but gosh, you should see the building he built and the <laughs> tile in the bathroom from oh. Italy is amazing. <laughs>
3: Oh, you're right. The Gatorade
2: coolers, the hot tubs, the depth of the hot tub is
3: absolutely perfect. He nailed it.
2: Have you guys ever gone on ChicagoBears.com and literally looked through the amount of people they have hired in that building with different titles? Mm -hmm. You literally need to go look at the coaching staff, the strength staff, the nutritionists. They have a clinician. They have. They have. They have things in that, and this is what they're giving him credit for, right? He has changed yeah. all that. He has hired thirty new people. Look, I don't care who you hire. Are they making you
1: better? Yep. I, I envision like him walking into George's office, and he says, "Hey." What are you doing with a coat hanger behind your door? <laughs> we could knock this wall out <laughs> and put a closet in. And, and everyone is like, That's- they're incredulous. Molly, when I when Brilliant. I when,
2: when I was reading those articles about how you have to give them credit for building the building, I mean oh that God. really fascinated yeah. me, man. Oh I mean, my. I just could not. Uh, let's not talk about. I mean, bring up Akeem Hicks, right? Tell me about there how you know. he signed Akeem Hicks yeah. in 2016. Uh, uh, bring up, uh, you know, I don't know, Cody White here, how, how he drafted Cody White here. Eddie Jackson had a good year. Even those guys have stepped back, right? Eddie Jackson, Eddie Goldman, what ha- all The guys you used to name. I know Roquan had a good year, but, uh, uh, you know, he signed Robert Quinn. Talk to me about Robert Quinn setting the record. He coming back and they helped him recover from whatever injury he had. But please don't talk to me about the tile on the floor and the building that you (laughs) built.
1: (laughs) All right. We have got to get uh, to a break, but I want to talk about, we come back. What are the repercussions of this? How does this affect the coaching search? Does this change the names? Does this mean they're less ambitious in terms of the kind of coach that they get, can get, pursue, We'll ask that question next. You're listening to the pregame show. Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. It's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. There are folks in a lot of different corners of the league right now that say rumblings are Ryan Pace could survive and remain employed and head into an eighth season with the Bears, potentially – with the new title, but that he could be spared and, and Matt Nagy, you know, no one questions whether or not he will be fired at this point, but the, the pace thing, you know, the, the more you look at it, that's going to be a very difficult move in my opinion for George McCaskey to sort of outline, explain, and, you know, ultimately defend if he feels he has to, defend his actions to the fan base. It's the pregame show. We've got Olin Kruitz and Patrick Manley, and that is Brad Biggs uh, explaining his story. His story was about to drop about uh, what he's hearing around the league regarding uh, Ryan Pace, and I believe that was my snort there, if you were to snort in the middle of that. <laughs> uh, I was snorting. That was Biggs. Uh, that was Biggs. That yeah. was Big Z. And guys, He's not here. He can't defend himself. Yeah. Okay. We'll blame him. Uh, guys, uh, we have uh, breaking news. Breaking news on the score brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo privacy simplified. That news is that uh, Vic Fangio is out in Denver. There was some thinking as to whether or not George Payton, the new general manager out, out there, was going to wait. A little bit, because the idea was that Vic was producing on defense, and you just needed to get offense, and you just needed to get a quarterback. And so, if you got a a Favre or a Wilson or whomever's on the move, do you become a Super Bowl contender with that defense already in in place and and a quarterback in that building? So that was the decision that was made, and they've decided to go in another direction. I, I don't know. You know, he's obviously not a candidate here, but. Man, can that guy run a defense?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 19 and 30, right, in three seasons. So, uh, you know, you can't argue. Like we're talking about Ryan Pace. I mean, it comes down, even though your defense is good, when you're the head coach, it comes down to winning and and have a tremendous amount of respect, obviously, for Vic Fangio and the kind of defense he can run. And I think Pat just said uh, on our text chain, if you can get him as your defensive coordinator, who I consider – uh, I think the best defense corner in the league when he is in that position, uh, you move up the head coaching ranks and, and he's just a very good football coach who never, uh, I don't know if this sounds familiar, familiar to you guys, but a defensive coach who never figured out the offensive side of the ball.
3: Yeah. And then you're, you're right. And that's, I, I just feel that if you can, so right now you talked about earlier coaches like the bears, coaches, they're talking to their buddies around the league. They're talking to other potential head coaches. They're talking to other current head coaches. Hey, if you're available, you want to come work on my staff. And this is one that if you're a head coaching candidate, and Mully, I'll steal your, your line there from our text chain there during the commercial about Jim Harbaugh. If you add him to Jim Harbaugh, grabs him as his defensive coordinator, if you're a coach sitting down for an interview, and, and, and one of the questions I would ask, who's going to be on your staff? Who do you think you can get? Who do you expect to be your offensive coordinator? What's your philosophy, defense coordinator, all that kind of stuff? But if you can put out in front of me Vic Fangio that you've already got him signed up, that he's going to be with you, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I you know, I'd love to have him come back, but for any team in the NFL now saying you can grab him and yeah, he can still go to a, a, co- a team that has a current head coach that stays and fires their head coach. But if you are an incoming head coach and you put that name in front of the current GM and owner and saying, this is going to be my staff on the defensive side, that's a huge selling point And, uh, I would love if that happened here.
2: (laughs) Now, (laughs) Molly, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he at Stanford, and didn't Harbaugh bring him to San Francisco?
1: Yes, yes, they have been together for a couple of stops, and they went to a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and I I believe the lights went out in the building, and then he lost to his brother. There was some kind of tomfoolery. I don't know what it was, (laughs) but they did. He did lose the Super Bowl to his brother, and the two of those guys work very well together. Now, everyone says that Jim is, you know, kind of a. There's a use-by date that you know after three or four years you, he drives you out of your mind because he's of his kind of pursuit and his aggression. I I think that the the question I have would Vic Fangio tell people, hey, I'm going to Chicago. Do you want to come back as my defensive coordinator? Would he say, oh yeah, you got Ryan Pace. He makes the best <laughs> building in the league. Or what? Or might he say? I don't know about that. You got Ryan Pace. That, we don't know how he feels about Ryan Pace. We don't know if – I think Vic enjoyed himself here, but mm-hmm. we really have little idea as to uh, whether he'd want to come back and whether he would connect with someone to come back to this building.
2: That, go
3: ahead, Pat. That would be telling, that if he came out and said <clears> – <throat> excuse me, if he said, no, I don't want to go back, if that trickled out from somebody – uh, some other coach, maybe not Jim Harbaugh, whoever, that they're like, yeah. no, I just don't want to go back there. And maybe he's telling people that – Maybe you don't want that job as well. But, you know, it's still one of 32 jobs. I think that's, we'll maybe get into that later. But that would be telling, if that tri- did trickle out, that a former Bears coach that was just currently there under this regime was like, no, I don't want to go back there. I just don't see it going in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and, and it, would, it would just be the regime, right? Because if you're coaching defense in Chicago, in the NFL, yep. uh, there's no better place to be uh, anywhere in the NFL because uh, this city, uh, this town, that stadium, uh, the way they love their defense and how and how well Fangio's reputation is here, then you would know that maybe the Bears do have a problem above the coaching staff, which I think we've all come to the conclusion that they do have a problem above the coaching staff. So you wouldn't be shocked if Fangio said, well, uh, I want to go somewhere else. But uh, a really good defense coordinator, and you wouldn't be shocked if he came either. But I will tell you this about uh, Jim Harbaugh, I, I think that, he could do the job here, man. I think he could set the standard every day. Mm-hmm. They they need a guy like that. This, this town, this city needs a guy with that kind of energy, right? It fits in Chicago. You always got to, I think, when you're hiring people to come into Chicago, come into this media market, come into this city, you got to have someone who fits it, their personality fits it, and I think Harbaugh is one of those guys, if they can convince him now with all the money they have in college and what's going on in college right now, and what's, what's he doing at Michigan, and does he still have more goals to, to achieve there? But if they can convince him, uh, I, I don't know right now if there's a lot of better candidates. And, and that's what you have to talk about when you talk about hiring the head coach for the Chicago Bears. You have to talk about how many of guys – in the, in the game of football, in the business of football can actually do that job, can actually do the job that you're thinking about hiring for in Chicago. And, and when, you, when you say that to yourself, you have about two or three guys that you think about. Like, man, if I put him there, he could get us on a run, get us moving in the right direction. I don't know how you can say Jim Harbaugh right now is not one of those guys.
3: And I'm with you one hundred percent. you know, we've been thinking the last couple of weeks of who do you want to coach, what a coaching candidate out there out there? And that's my guy. I mean, and, and here's a couple reasons why. I hire him. I say, all right, it's your job. I'm getting the hell out of the way. You know, he had gotten arguments with Trent Baalke and all that kind of stuff and ownership over there. But here's the other thing about the Bears, <clears throat> with his history, he knows Ted Phillips. He knows George McCaskey. Mm-hmm. He can tell them to shut the hell up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And feel comfortable. I just think that's who he is. He he has that personality that I'm going to come in. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get you results. I'm going to win. You know, he re- helped rebuild the Michigan program. He obviously did what he did out in San Francisco. He did what he did uh, in Stanford. Mm-hmm. He's my guy. I just like the I like his way. I like his confidence. I just I think he's the guy that can come in, shake up the building, and tell George and Ted get the hell out of the way. I'm taking over now. Sit back, relax. I'm going to win you ball games, and we're going to go forward from there.
2: Yeah, and let's be honest: that building with the direction they've been moving in since they had moved George McCaskey up to chairman in 2011, uh, they need to be a little uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And what I hear about Jim Harbaugh is he makes people uncomfortable, yep. <laughs> and they, they need a little bit of that at Hallis Hall. They need someone to shake that place up a little bit because the, the direction you're going in, the decisions you're making, how you're running things. Plain and simple, they just don't work. So if you're not willing to say that to yourself, if you're going to say to yourself, man, uh, we'll keep Ryan Pace because the building is beautiful, uh, we, I, we think he's getting better, he's a young GM, he's starting to understand the league. If you're going to say those things to yourself, well, then you have to be ready for the result of the fact that in 2030, you may be moving in the exact same direction.
1: I got a
3: question for you guys. We got the Walter Payton Center. Why don't we call it the Ryan Pace Center and just move them out? <laughs> 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 right, I just, all right you. yeah, I, yeah. you're you in charge stuff. of the building you're in yeah. charge of the building that's it that's all you maybe that's going to be his title he's in charge of the what, building what it's now called the ryan pace center you're in charge of what, daily operations what would of the be building. the get, what
1: would be the hourly pay for that oh no well, <laughs>
2: well you know it was a great one of the best lines i got from from all of that is my old agent rick smith uh, uh from priority sports actually right here in chicago mark bartolstein Rick sure. Smith, I'm sure a name you guys all know. Mm-hmm. He texted me and he said, Olin, at that time, minimum wage was $12. I think they offered you too much. <laughs> That's a good age. And I said, Rick, man, now I know what was wrong with my contract. You know what I mean? Like, Is that the way you're negotiating? But anyway, uh, uh, oh. you know, as far as, like, Ryan Pace goes, the the, fu- the funny thing about Ryan Pace is, remember when he came out, right? He, he was highly sought after, right? He, he – in New Orleans under Mickey Loomis. It was him and Ballard. A lot of people mm-hmm. wanted Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace had been offered jobs before, but he was waiting for the right situation, and he thought Chicago was the right situation, and people were excited about getting Ryan Pace. And, and the only reason why I bring that up is it's hard to find people, even people that you think are up and coming or, and good, in Chicago to, to handle everything that goes on in that building, to handle the McCaskey family, family to handle Ted Phillips, to, to create a culture and, and a standard there where everybody's moving in the same direction is not as easy as it sounds, and that's why $15 just wasn't enough for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, know, you know what's interesting? Uh, you brought up the yeah. name George Payton. So George Payton used to be at House yeah. Hall, right? Yes, he was. Rick Spielman. Rick yeah. Spielman, the general manager. And then uh, uh, Chris Ballard. And then to go back to Chris Ballard, you know, we heard the reports that he made the McCaskies uncomfortable. They didn't like what he wanted to do right. in the direction he wanted to go with the Bears. And look what he's doing now with the Colts. I think he's doing a fantastic job. It's unfortunate. You've got three guys that I don't know where George Payton's going to go with the with the Broncos. Rick Spielman had an okay run. Maybe he's done now. But uh, you've had guys come through that building that you've never hired or moved on from. But the biggest telling thing for me about what you're talking about there, Olin, is being comfortable and, and with bringing somebody in that makes you comfortable is I just – Chris Ballard, obviously you look back on it now, would have been the guy to get in there from, from what he's done with the Colts and then just shake up the McCaskies and Ted Phillips to, to to really take him in a different direction and make them uncomfortable and go in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and remember now when you, when you go back to looking at the Bears' decisions, I think it's, I think it's interesting and, and also I think they have to do it at how they got to who they picked to run their building, how they got to even Ryan Pace, but how you got to – Mark Tresman over Bruce yeah. Arians. Why did we do that, right? Why did we get there? What was our thought process there? Because it was wrong, right? And and the same thing goes for when they picked Coach Nagy. And look at who Ballard was wanted: Josh McDaniels and Frank Wright. And I remember when Frank Wright uh, was at Philadelphia, and everybody wanted DiFilippo and Nagy. And I kept thinking, man, this Frank Wright guy seems like the guy, right, Pat? Because mm-hmm. when you when you look at him, he says just just I mean. A quarterback in the NFL just looked like a guy who just looked. All I want to do is football, man. I just want to coach football, have a good football. You know, it just it just seemed like to me at the time he would have been ended up being the better head coach out of all the offensive quarterback gurus that everybody wanted to hire and instead they went in the Coach Nagy direction. And as we can see now, Coach Nagy had a lot of learning to do what you thought, right? Because he only had called plays for seven or eight games. He didn't have a lot of experience coming into this position. And I'm sure he's learned a lot since he got here. And I'm sure he's become a better football coach since he's been here. But his decisions and his offense and the way he's run things has gotten fired. But the Bears just have to keep looking at Okay, they have to put up right in front of their face all the decisions they made that did not work out, have not worked out since they've been making them and say, "Okay, how did we get to this and how can we change the way we're thinking so we can change uh the trajectory of our organization?"
1: Does retaining pace limit the coaching pool? Hmm.
2: I I think I, th- I, th- I don't I don't think it does. I think it it would only if you went after say like a guy like Nick Saban who would want full control over personnel, who would want full control over everything uh, that's actually going on in the building. But if they put Ryan Pace in a role that just says, look, you hire the general manager or the head coach, and then that's that's what your job is, and then he hires the general manager. So if, if they just say, look, uh, you're just here as a guy who oversees all of football and the development of the football building and maybe this whole Arlington Heights project, uh, they got Ryan Pace involved in that then I don't think it does, right? It's still Chicago. I remember talking to coaches before that were coming here, and they're like, man, I just it's just Chicago. I just want to be there coaching football. The, the franchise is such a storied franchise. It's where football starts. George Hallis. So people who love football, uh, who love the NFL, they all want to coach here and play here. Uh, you do worry about it a little bit because of – the last three coaches who've came and got them fired and their reputations and have had to move on. But this is still one of the premier jobs in the NFL.
3: You know, one, I got to disagree with you a little bit about that because even if you keep Ryan Pace and move him out and he gets to hire, <clears throat> I guess the question is, Will he be willing to hire somebody that makes him uncomfortable? Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Change, you know, to Go out there and just really be like a Jim Harbaugh, somebody that's just maybe difficult to work with every day because they come with opinions, they come with fire, passion, whatever that he might disagree with. So I'm just curious, is he going to stick with, the, the to me, the similar Bears model where they just keep hiring people that make them comfortable, people that they truly like and they just like them, like them, like them, but aren't the best for the position. So that, to me, would be a big question for me if, if, if about him in the hiring process. But if he's willing to go out there and truly hire somebody who's who who could challenge him, who can change the culture in the building and and Ryan Pace is, you know, to me, a general manager kind of sets the culture as well. Does the hiring of the head coach and things like that. The other people around there, the strength staff and all that kind of stuff. But if he's willing to hire a general manager and a head coach that can be the strength of the team, can be the heartbeat of the team, can be the standard of the team, then no, I don't think it limits him, but I'm just not sure if he can do that. Is he willing mm-hmm. to do that? Is a person willing to do that? And that's my question about Ryan Pace.
2: Yeah, I mean, you he, he would think as a leader that, that he would have to eventually say, uh, this this right. isn't working, the way I do things is not working, even though me and Coach Nagy got along really well, even though me and the 30 extra people I hired get along really well, um, they the, they they haven't helped me create a standard or a culture in my building, so... Uh, if you can't handle like you're saying, and I I don't know this about Ryan Pace, but if, you know if you can't handle a disagreement or even right. you know someone in front of your face screaming and their spit ending up on your forehead <laughs> that they're so mad if you can't handle that uh, you're probably in the wrong business right you're probably mm-hmm. in the wrong business of football I remember when I started coaching. Uh, little league football, and I kind of handled it like the NFL. Some of the coaches uh, didn't really like me very much, so I had to change my style a little bit for little league football. So you know, so I had to stop yelling at the coaches yeah, about what they were won, saying. you though, right? You, you were winning. That's, That's all it was all all about. It damn it! That's all of it was. <laughs> Screw the kids' so, development at so ten years man, old. All I'm saying is, if I can if I can step away from confrontation, Ryan Page can step into a little confrontation. That's is a is great all I'm point. saying. That's true. That's true. Nice. That's true. Yeah.
1: See, I just think he'll hire Champ Kelly, right? I mean, I think that if Definitely. he's hired from within, he'll hire one of his lieutenants. I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We got to talk about There is a football game, but there are bigger issues, and we're picking them apart here on the pregame show with only Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. It's the pregame show. We've got only the We've got Patrick Manley presented by BetRivers, Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. You can uh, download that BetRivers Rivers app today. And guys, you gave me an assignment and I took it seriously. Damn it. We had coach oh. Wanstead on. We talked last week and you said, Hey, why the hell did we have to get off an airplane and do a uh, walkthrough in Miami? And you suggested I ask Dave, uh, here's his response.
4: I would tell Olens and I'll I'll tell him and Pat. Hey, if they thought they were sweating in Miami with a suit on, how you think their offensive line coach did, Tony Watts? <laughs> Tony, Tony. He, oh God, he he still hates coming to Florida because of the heat. Yeah, no, but you, you're right. I, I would I, I'd be flying up there and I'd be thinking about something. And, and as soon as we land, I say, let's get the guys together. I want to walk through something. I'm just not sure or something. Yeah. Did anything ever happen at a walkthrough that helped you on a Sunday? 100 percent, hundred percent. What's the value of a walkthrough? You, you're walking through your calls. You're walking through your checks. Walk that damn safety up. He's coming off the corner. Somebody better make a check or we're gonna get hit in the mouth. Why the suit? Well, because I didn't want to waste time. It was <laughs> a fresh on my mind. Yeah, why? Why bother putting <laughs> on a okay. uniform? Like, get off the plane. Let's line up. Let's get this done. I just love the idea that you got at that age, you got like one suit. And you've completely messed it up. <laughs> hey, 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 we did that once when, when I was at the Cowboys, and we get off and Jimmy and I are sitting together on the plane. We're flying up. We're playing the Philadelphia Eagles up there. And that was that's Reggie White days. You yep. know, what I mean they were, <laughs> were good. And Jimmy said, you know, we're gonna if we don't we, we can't do that. He says, Look, think about that. We're gonna get killed. You know, Seth Joyner and Jerome Brown and Reggie White. We 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 gotta change that scheme. Let's go right. We're going right to the stadium and have a walkthrough. So our, we get off the buses and Jimmy, he he's all lathered up. And, you know, by now I'm like working my way to the back of the group. I'm staying the hell away from this. So our ops guy is going 90 miles an hour to the gate for the walkthrough to lead us in. He gets to the gate and it's locked. And it looked like one of those cartoon movies, you know, where everybody starts walking into, into each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just bang, 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 bang. And Jimmy's at the very front with Troy Aikman. And, the fence. And, and, and so uh, he says, "Coach, there's nobody here. What are we going to do?" He says, "Well, we're walking through right here." So we walk through in the tunnel, and they're loading hot dogs and Coca-Cola for the game, and we're lined up in, in the uh, you know in the tunnel right there, and we're having our walk through. And Jimmy says, "Troy, you better get rid of the ball. Or you're going to get hit right in the mouth." Now so we got that covered, everybody. And we went back to the hotel. Did you so win guess, the game? I guess, God, no. Did we win the game? No.
1: So there you have it. I guess he learned it from Jimmy, but he said that when things would go through your head on the plane, you'd have to do the walkthrough on the tarmac if necessary.
3: Yeah, I I can listen to that coach. I can listen to him tell stories all day long. Yeah, (laughs) But it's funny, though, when he admitted it. He said, listen, something came up last minute. I've got to get the guys out there to walk through because coaches, they don't stop thinking. And to me, they always want to cover their ass. So they're, they're, they're always just saying, all right, well, we walked through that the day before, right? You still missed the block on the safety blitz. And it just seems like that coaches, they always coach. That's what they're mm-hmm. going to do. And it just, to me, it didn't make, admit the first time we did it, I think Olin was Baltimore. It was the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. We flew to Baltimore. They were still screwing in the seats at that stadium because that was the first <laughs> very game they had there in the preseason. And I'm like, wait a minute. We have a game tomorrow. Yeah. We've been at camp all week. Don't we know what's going on? Like, why are we here? I'd rather go back and relax and sit at the hotel and get ready for the night meeting. But that was the way Coach did it, and obviously learned it from um, from Jimmy Johnson. But uh, yeah, those were those were some interesting times of some of those walkthroughs, man. I just I scratched my head of why the heck we were doing it. But <laughs> coaches
2: got a coach, man. <laughs> they do, and and I agree with Coach Wanstead in a sense of uh, I don't mind walking through the safety coming off the edge and seeing that again and getting to our adjustments and who's going to pick him up, especially if you're in your first 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only argument I would have for coach is that can be done at the hotel. Uh, we don't have to walk through it 100 degrees at Tampa Bay's <laughs> field. So yeah. I understand what he's saying. We've done a lot of walkthroughs, Pat, right? I've done a lot of, I've, you know, at University of Washington, we used to do the clap drill on chairs. Mm-hmm. Our old coach, Jim Lambright used to love that. And if you didn't all clap together, uh, we all had to run in the hotel. So uh, I've been through a lot of interesting things with a lot of different coaches, but my only argument to Coach Washington is all of that makes sense. If, if you see something, you're not comfortable with the game plan, you want to change something, that's fine. What didn't make sense was being in my suit on the field in 100 degrees. So he's still really, if you think about it, he hasn't explained that part of it, right? No. Why did I have to walk through the look at Tampa Bay Stadium, no crowd there. 135 degrees, sweating in my suit. He hasn't answered that part yet, so that's still yet, uh, Mully. Your homework is incomplete. Oh. Uh, you got an X on that. Uh, please correct this area.
3: Um, I, gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring something up, Olin, right Before it gets, where the heck did the clap drill come from?
2: Yeah, man. I don't. know. I want
3: to know the history of that because we did that at Duke. We had Joe Alessandros, who's now the O line coach. Give him a little pup. Now the O line coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and he brought that to us. And I'm like, what is this clap drill with chairs and all this stuff? And I get it. I understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you'd get punished for not clapping at the same time. What, I want to know what, what coach came up with that. <laughs> one
2: guy comes to mind who has the answer, and I think you guys would agree. Tony Wise yes. has the answer of where the clap drill was originated. I got I to call him and ask him about the clap drill because, man, we did that, Pat. Oh. We did that for a good hour now at, at yes. University of Washington with Scott Linehan and And, you know, obviously – uh, Corey Dillon, uh, obviously, you know, was my teammate at Washington. He wasn't always on with the clap. So we always had to, you know, we have to repeat the clap. And I'm like, Corey, can you just hang in with us and clap at the same time? And he's looking at me like, Olin, this makes no sense. Nope. I go, I know, I know, but we're just going to give you the ball and all get out of the way. But can we just clap so, so we can get through this, this walkthrough?
1: Olin, did you do any walkthroughs with the middle school team?
2: No, we didn't do it. I, I barely could get them to pay attention. I, you, know, you know what's funny, Molly? I, we had a, I had a time limit. I knew after 20 minutes they weren't listening to me anymore. So as much as I could get in in 20 minutes, and then every drill was just something that they probably kind of wanted to do. So a walkthrough Now, Josh and James, my sons, I was walking through with them at home. So. <laughs> oh,
3: man. No, they were impressive practices. Olin let me come by a couple times to watch. It was pretty impressive. These kids, their attention span was was right on to Coach Kruitz, man. He had these guys going, had it rolling good from period to period to period and covered everything. And I think those kids were, obviously, I'm sure maybe they look back now, what, the high school, college kids now? How long well, that, was
2: that? The, the last class would have been James's class, so James, this was their right. year. Uh, Their senior in high school, thankfully, they got to play it, obviously, with COVID and everything that's going on, but, but got to watch a lot of them play a lot of high school football. Obviously, a lot of them over there at Lake Forest High School, um, but it had, they all had good years, and, and they were yeah. fun to watch just because I knew them. Like, you know, we've known them for so long. So, yeah, uh, those, those are fun practices. And, and yeah, you know, 20, 25 to about 30 minutes, you knew you had that.
3: The best things, some things never changed with Olin, man. It was just, it was like, it was like being out at Hollis Hall over there in Lake Forest. (laughs)
2: Uh, So, surprised I didn't get in trouble for some of the things I would say during those practices. They were lucky.
1: You you made men of them. That was right. uh, Not even close,
2: Molly. (laughs) Our our
1: grammar school football coach had to come, uh, grammar school football coach had to come to the house because he got thrown out of a couple games for language and stuff. And, he came to apologize and to say he was going to change the way he was coaching us. And my father said, you have my permission to make a man of him. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what, what did he just say? Just... Yeah, please beat up my son. <laughs> oh, great. They're my dad right.
3: my dad would tell that to every single coach at every level I ever had. Yeah. You can do whatever you want <laughs> to my son. He is your property while he's here. And so there my- are some stories of coaches uh, oh, abusing me verbally and maybe physically a little bit.
2: And, Pat, <laughs> and and here's where my dad would confuse me. He would say that to the coach and then tell me, you don't take stuff from anybody so if that guy (laughs) talks to you in a certain way you make sure you tell him where he can go and he is not to put his hands on you if he puts his hands on you I don't care who that is you put your hands on him so I was always confused like did you just tell him to do that to me
3: (laughs) real quick while we're still on the subject Olin you got to remember this probably the worst thing maybe I don't know if it happened to you or not was the coaches taking the whistle and hitting you on top of the helmet Mm -hmm. Did that ever happen? I mean, that was yeah. like the worst
2: noise ever. The what whistle and the uh, 192 straight up-downs were always were always things oh, really? that were, yeah. were yeah. part of it uh, in the, you know, 90 degrees in Hawaii on a oh. field with no grass, really.
1: <laughs> no fun. <laughs> 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 All right, we got to get to Dan Pompey. We're going to bring in Dan Pompey. We'll ask him about what he's hearing, coaching, rumors, and, and whether or not some of the names mentioned would be affected by who remains uh, in the, in management, and and how uh, how this is going to work, and you know I, I, we we're talking about the coach as if he's fired. He said to go to him that he'd be a great source in that, but uh, I don't know that we're going to be going to him as of Monday. We'll see. We'll find out exactly how this timing of this works. But we'll talk to Dan Pompey about it next. You're listening to the pregame show. We've got Olin Crouse and Patrick Manley, and it's presented by Bet Rivers.